Um, that's exactly what you see uh, with Thor at Ragnarok. Um, so, let's see. There's some other... So, Ragnarok and Armageddon um, are, are, I think, even without me saying it, are pretty much, you would understand, are analogs, um, are basic, you know... Um, uh, I would even say uh, Ragnarok is the Norse Armageddon. So, you know, the final battle between um, good and evil and go- good's going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, most everything, if not everything, we have or know of Norse mythology comes from the Eddas, uh, E-D-D-A-S. Uh, these were compilations of Norse mythology, Germanic uh, mythology, done um by icelandic people in like the 13th century mm-hmm. so these um were are, are clearly post like the missionary christian missionaries have already been around uh the norse people for some time so the christ story um uh, seeps into these stories strong and basically everything we have represented from marvel comes from the Eddas, uh, comes from our popular conception of Norse mythology, and so it's all Christian-based. And so mm-hmm. Thor is very much a Christ figure because in Genesis, the serpent, the word for serpent in Genesis is Nahash. It's basically an onomatopoeia for a, a hissing sound, like what the sound a, a serpent would make. Nahash. But it, Right, right. So, and, and that is otherwise translated in the old testament as leviathan um i think it's what is it uh is it job or that's talking it was job and he's talking about the scales of um of the leviathan the massiveness of it the Mm -hmm. breathing of fire um this same nahash is cursed by god to crawl on its belly so maybe it wasn't crawling on its belly beforehand long story short this is a dragon a giant dragon, um, which comes into Norse mythology as Jormungandr, or the Midgard Serpent. And it's the Midgard Serpent that fights with Thor at Ragnarok. Uh, duel to death sort of thing. Uh, I think Odin fights Fenris Wolf, which we see in the movie as well. But everybody's kind of got their um, their final enemy. Their own battle, yeah. Right, to fight. And so what happens with the Midgard Serpent is... It's poison uh, deals a fatal blow to Thor, even as Thor is killing it. So, just like in the Proevangelium, just like Christ on the cross, right? He kills that ancient serpent, uh, which is referred to in Revelation 12 as, you know, um, like that's the reference back to Genesis, that ancient serpent. He kills it, but in doing so, loses his life. Um, And, you know, what we see, and hopefully what we'll see in Endgame uh is the resurrection part of it we didn't we don't have that resurrection part in the protoevangelium um that's kind of the surprise of the new testament um so did i i might have gone through that too fast did that no, make sense awesome. no, no that sounds no, great awesome and i showed echo um have you heard of the show vikings yes I yeah i like the i saw i've been interested I, in watching it so so like stuff the some, first season yeah there's some stuff that's not great about it but a common uh, point that comes up several times is the similarities between Christianity and the Nordic pantheon. Mm-hmm. 
right, um, right. because they're all about their gods. And so the first season, they raid England, and the first thing they raid is a monastery. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes slave a monk and brings him back with him to, you know, to Iceland. Um, several times throughout the entire show, they either contrast or talk about the similarities between Christ and Thor or other Nordic, you know, deities. Um, so it does come up even in mainstream stuff. And it's, you know, it's kind of interesting too. just Mjolnir, you know, the hammer. It's interesting that it should be a hammer that oh. the Thor wields, you know, uh, when his analog Christ is nailed to a cross, right? Yeah. With hammers. That is interesting. Yeah. Because we were also talking about how Iron Man's, the, the light in his chest looks somewhat Eucharistic. You know, oh, like yeah. the circle. Um, Bring up the artwork that uh, Blair Barlow Art provided for the men's conference. Yeah. The Marian Consecration uh, is, is just a fantastic image. Uh, it, that, you know, this podcast brought to you by Blair Barlow Art. Blair um, Barlow Art. But no, but seriously, nice. if uh, anyone listening to this podcast wants to see some, some beautiful artwork, um, check out Blair Barlow Art on uh, Facebook. I'll uh, put her, I'll put a link um, to it in the description. Yeah, but it basically it's 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 titled the Marian Consecration, and it's an image of Mary and a man kneeling uh, at at her feet, uh, holding his hands up to her, kind of giving himself uh, to her as as her as his mother, uh, wearing right? contemporary clothes. Wearing contemporary clothes. Um, She's not. He is. Yeah, and he's then wearing. he's kneeling down on on one knee, genuflecting, and his foot that is on the ground is on the serpent's head and then her foot is on top of his foot so it's just uh just kind of a very interesting uh and beautiful image to check out yeah. right and and there is that tradition that from the pro evangelium like the, the translation i read um it says he shall strike the skull of the serpent basically but in the original hebrew that that yeah that well it's it it can be either Uh, it could be like it depends on which uh word you're using as an antecedent to it uh but the word that makes most sense to be the antecedent to it would make you would lend you to think it it is she shall strike at the skull of the serpent and that's actually how saint jerome translates it um saint jerome who is translating it in bethlehem so uh and who gave us one of the greatest editions of the, of the Bible. So it's a very which, strong tradition. Which I think that's part of why it's interesting um, that Captain Marvel is now apparently going to play such a crucial role in yeah. defeating Thanos. Not saying like that she's necessarily... How do I put this? Not saying that her character is very Mariological necessarily, but that her existence as a female coming in and you know, kind of feels a little bit Marian. You well, know? Mary's right. Mary's the prototype, right? Like every woman, just as every man yeah. is ultimately compared to Christ, every woman, especially a superheroine, right, it must be compared to Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death, so it makes sense. Yeah. Thanos meaning death. Yeah. I, so I realize it's 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 very difficult to talk about 
the the whole kind of Avengers storyline just in by, order in order you know <laughs> yeah. like because everything kind of links together and and it's hard to talk about just these first movies without talking about the rest of the movies you know yeah um, because everything is just so intricate and intertwined and it, it it's it's one of the greatest stories of our time you know it's really exciting so it's hard to to really like focus on one aspect, even when you're just trying to focus on the the Christianity aspect of these movies, because they all have. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's probably why it's such a great story is because of how much comes from scripture, uh, you know. And, and I mean, I, well, something I was reading one time, uh, basically that that if you look at the greatest stories, they they all pull out of scripture, basically. So oh, it's interesting how like that is the greatest the story room. ever told. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading. I'm trying to pull it up to get you. Oh, here it is. Uh, Marvel Comics: The Untold Story by Sean Howe. Um, so it's basically a biography of Stan Lee and Marvel. Uh, oh. And Stan Lee, you know, writing comics was not his <laughs> intention, right? Because it was not sort of a cool thing back then and i think he started as a messenger boy or something of delivering coffee to like jack kirby and all the greats and he eventually outlasted all of them even uh jack king kirby but um his he just took a job because he was trying to do something um his whole life goal is to write the great american novel and he couldn't get that published but he had success with comics and so, even though he didn't write the Great American Novel, he did do the Great American Story, you know? Yeah. And in a way, like, the, I don't know, like, these movies have spanned 10 years now. That's, We're coming I don't up know. on 60 years of Marvel, right? Yeah, well, and Captain America even before I'm then, sorry, right? 60 years. They started yeah. in the 60s, yeah. It was started in the 60s. That's insane. And and like they re- the... resurrected Captain America, you know? Mm-hmm. So that goes back even to the, the, you know, World War II. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just that the impact he's had, you know, not to compare it to, like, the impact that a novel can have on somebody, but it's certainly a lot, you know? Like, the, the way he's sculpted, like, our imaginations and stuff. Right. It's just incredible. <clears throat> they're, they're still writing stories based on his work yeah you know like uh, every month or every year there's new comics coming out that are all based on this these stories. father of many nations you know it's, it's incredible <laughs> the abraham of comics yeah basically <laughs> yeah no i and but i mean it to his credit you know he went back to ancient sources right like norse mythology and yeah you know he's like man i don't want to have to keep creating all these heroes <laughs> <laughs> we've got we got all these mythologies we can draw from i mean he even pulled from real life characters as well you know in his in his series with uh pope john paul ii saint francis and mother Teresa. he did those well not that he did those but marvel produced those i don't know what what his uh direct impact was David Michelini is the author of what? the author oh yeah. of those uh, comics uh, yeah. at least the Mother Teresa one okay. oh there's a Mother 19, Teresa one 1984 wow yeah. that was when it was released so is it Mother Teresa and Pope John Paul II and that St. they did Francis. and St. Francis <laughs> those are like uh, yeah wow. so it looks like at least on Amazon it's showing like 
uh, you know, customers who bought this also bought. So yeah, people buy them kind of, I guess, together. Yeah. Uh, the Mother Teresa one. Like really expensive. The Mother it's Teresa one, the minimum is twenty dollars. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the Pope John Paul is almost thirty dollars. However, the San Francis one is fifty dollars. Oh wow. Well, my birthday's coming up in August, people. Coming up in April. And Cody's is, is next month. But Scott, did we ever tell you how we used to mess with Ashton? Because um, Cody and Michael had the same birthday. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like I've heard something about this. So it's the 7th, right? Yeah. Okay, so we used to mess with her that it was, what, the 6th? And Ben's was on the 6th. Yeah, that's what it was. Anyways, we used to tell her that it was like the wrong day, and she would like, <laughs> she would like halfway believe you, be skeptical, but then she was totally open to like, well, I really don't know for sure. <laughs> so that's this, why Cody does that to me now. Oh, and and this is troublesome well, I because <laughs> I have outsourced. Like you know how when people get married, it's like we share one mind, and all the knowledge of dates. <laughs> And birthdays are in her mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not that I had much of a mind for that beforehand, but... It must be a lady thing, because, like, my mom was like that. My mom can remember anybody's birthday. Yeah. I, I can remember, like, maybe five or six people's birthdays. Right. Yeah. If you were I born on the first of a month, I got you. <laughs> that's it uh, my mom not only does she remember birthdays but she can tell you like how we're related like family tree wise so like, to, two, like 200 cousins. people like Good yeah, Lord. It's, it's incredible like we're we're because in high school right apparently we're related to a bunch of people out there um, mm-hmm. but matthew every girl that he was like oh, yeah i got a crush on her uh, mom, my mom was like, "Oh, that's your cousin." And like, what? <laughs> yeah, she's this like person, not this first person. cousin, not first right, right, cousin, but right. Like, but still, way down the line. And, but it was hilarious. She's like, mom, <laughs> who, stop it. who showed up to a family reunion that their girlfriend was at? That was that Matthew? No, okay, so it wasn't that. Yes, she was at the family reunion. It wasn't his girlfriend. It was a girl that he had a crush on. Okay, but, so they were like, okay, well. Uh, but it was actually when I was dating Ashton. Yeah, um, you showed. They showed up at his family reunion, and uh, it was the Hardys. I think. Mary A. Bear. Yeah, Vadrine A. Bear. Vadrine A. Bear. Yeah, um, and I'm related to Mary Vadrine, and so I was like. So you accompanied Ashton to her family thing? No, no, thing. no. I'm at my <laughs> family thing. Okay. And I thought that Ashton and Mary were related. Okay. But they're not. But it's that you were related but to I, her. But I was related to Mary Bedrine. And Ashton was not. So I was like, oh, crap. It's a great are story. Ashton and I related? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. The basis of that story is I had a bunch of misconceptions and basis therefore of, thought um, I might have been related to my girlfriend. Yeah. But I wasn't. Wait. What does that remind me of? <laughs> like, at first you panicked, but then you handled it. That's my favorite line from, like, any Marvel movie is when Ben Kingsley in Thor 3. Oh. When he's, Iron Man 3. Like, well, at first I panicked, but then Not I handled Thor. it. I'm yeah. sorry. Iron Man 3. Yeah, I love how I love they have line. Gandhi playing that role. I know, right? Button. Gandhi's the terrorist. He just or has the fake terrorist. Ben Kingsley just has not had a movie like that. Like what? I think he was in Rising Sun, like another Michael Crichton thing. Which is everything he's been in is just. It's like once you do Gandhi, there's no going back. <laughs> he's in Schindler's List. Okay. Was he? As, 
Yeah. As a Nazi? No, no, as as a as Schindler's like best friend. Oh, okay. Well, and he's the one in Schindler's List who says the line about any man. Sorry, I'm completely butchering it because I'm I'm conflating it. Yeah, I'm conflating it with the line from "It's a Wonderful Life" of each man's life touches so many other lives. The the quote from the Talmud in Schindler's List is anyone who saves one life saves the world entire, I think. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so we always found that very a very pro-life mm-hmm. sentiment, which speaking of pro-life sentiments, this is a bit of a stretch, but when we were watching <laughs> Captain America, we noticed that, so when he, when he meets his friend Bucky for the first time since he got, you know, Captain Americanized, um, <laughs> he, uh, Bucky, Bucky says, I thought you were smaller. <laughs> and it just, it hit me that like, he doesn't question like, well, you must not be the same person because you're a right. different size. Right. You know, Developmental like, level. <laughs> right, right. And just, I know that's a little bit of a reach, but just the bit. idea that like, you know, size matters not, you know, <laughs> to yeah. quote. You're still the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Which, while we're on this topic real quick, I want to redeem myself from a few podcasts back. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> He wants to trot out the toddler. So, yeah, <laughs> out toddler, and I was like, oh, I don't remember how to do it. It's because we were trying to use the wrong letters. The mnemonic. The mnemonic. The mnemonic is actually ah. That's right. So it's agree, apply, ask why. Ah. So this is how you trot out the toddler by using these things. First, you agree that the. We should probably set the stage. Like we didn't say what this is for. Set the stage, Mary. Okay, so, so. I don't remember what the stage is. So basically, if you're having a conversation about uh, a reason why abortion should be a thing, and it's not talking about what the unborn Example. is. Example. Women should be able to have abortions because they are in severe poverty, or because they're abused, or because they're sick, or would not be able to go to college, right. et cetera, et cetera. So the first thing we do is we agree that that situation is a serious situation without agreeing that that should be cause for abortion, right? So we agree, absolutely, poverty is a very serious situation, and we should do whatever we can to help those women in poverty out, right? Then you apply. So we agree, apply. So we apply that logic to a two-year-old, right? So we say, well, let me ask you this. Let's say a woman uh, who has a two-year-old is is his comes into this extreme poverty uh would it be okay for her to kill her two-year-old and of course most people you will have a few strange nuts uh (laughs) that will say yes but most people will say no it's not okay for her i think they're standard issue nuts yeah Uh, i'm sorry so and then so you say you ask why why can she not kill her two-year-old and they're going to say, well, because it's illegal, well, why is it illegal? Because it's wrong, well, why is it wrong? Because it's human. Like we mm-hmm. ask until we, we, we get to that point. We ask until we get to that mm, point yeah. of because it's human. Right. And then, aha, that last A. But you don't aha. say that You don't loud. say aha. Aha! Exactly. I gotcha. It's an aha moment in your head. You're like, so would I be right in saying that it isn't about whether the woman is in poverty, but whether the unborn is human? And that is trotting out the toddler. Trotting out the toddler. <laughs> so sorry. Had the to whole reason myself. that we went into that is that like five podcasts ago, we were like, yeah, it's like trotting out the toddler. And Cody and I, who have what, like a combined, 
I don't 5, know. 5,000 years. No, we don't have 20 uh, years of pro-life. Like, maybe we have a combined 10 Mary, years I, I, of pro-life been... work. No, 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 because 2010. Well, let's not argue about this Anyways. on a podcast. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have respectable experience in that area. We have area. a respectable yeah. amount of pro-life experience. Absolutely. And we were on the podcast, and we were like, let's tell them how to trot out the toddler. And we floundered completely. And we're like, yeah, so we don't know how not. to do that anymore. Well, I think I set it up kind of uh, in a confusing way because it's like, what's the acronym? And and it was like, oh, well, the acronym is TOT. So the other day it hit me because I was having a conversation with uh, one of my one of my members that I was sitting down with uh, with the Knights of Columbus. We were just talking about different things, just chatting, and the issue of abortion came up because they were talking about the New York law, and it just kind of like flowed right out and i was like it was like rapunzel remembering she was a princess (laughs) he came home and was like so we have to revisit this i (laughs) i wanna hey this is like the the confession segment of the uh confession yeah i have a confession too um for not just on the podcast but for like a couple weeks i kept saying that the cody was right and i was wrong the um um the black the black band uh, around our lady walupe's belly I mm-hmm. thought meant that she was a virgin, but no, you're right. It's a maternity band, mm-hmm. and it means not only that she's pregnant, which should be obvious by you know her pregnant belly, but um, it also means that she's due very soon. Right. Which is right. you know cool with it appearing with Our Lady appearing just before Christmas. Cody was right. That doesn't happen. <laughs> That'll be often, a new segment. So I'm like, whatever, <laughs> Cody's right. <laughs> There were a whole lot of people. I don't know if we're gonna be able to make a segment out of that. <laughs> and your wife said that out loud, so maybe you should record that. Oh well, wait, we we're doing. He's he right. <laughs> have it for reference. Hmm. He's right all the time. I don't know what people are talking about when they say their husbands don't know. Scott, take stuff. that clip and send it to me. Cody, Cody, I was gonna say, Cody, what are you doing with that tattoo uh, ink pen? Oh God, never mind. <laughs> What? <laughs> Joke derailed. <laughs> what there? I thought it was great. Had all sorts of time to come up with that, but I started. I started reading. Um, I was trying to refresh myself of what happened in that first Avengers, because you know they all start kind of blurring together for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have notes. Well, here we go. We got yeah. some notes, bro. Let's yeah, Let's refresh me. Avengers. Yeah, because we kind of spent all of our time on Captain America and there isn't too much the Iron Man's they're so good um and obviously there's the stuff about like not like kind of uh realizing that war profiteering isn't so great you know um (laughs) but at the same time like the need for technology you know and and the the fact that it could be used to protect and defend life you know um but and then the Thor movie just that the fact that he learns to lay down like what that being a true king is like laying your life down for others mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and being worthy uh the avengers and movie. Mew, Mew. and and Mew, Mew. thor <laughs> thor was, is is hilarious the darcy is probably movie. my favorite character in any of the thor movies just throwing it out there she's full to of darcy she's, yeah she's the little assistant i know what you're talking about yeah. well i just i just almost rewatched uh charlie bartlett the other night uh, and I'm not she's familiar. she's one of the main characters in that movie too. That's right. Yep. She's hilarious. 
Oh, something else just real quick that we thought was, or I thought was interesting. I don't know if Cody thought, I shouldn't speak for you. But just that there's no, watching it the way we were, it was kind of noticeable how there's no mention of the Infinity Stones at all mm-hmm. in the Iron Man movies, in the first two. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So it's apparently around Captain America that they, or no, not Captain, did Captain America come right before Avengers in terms of release? I think so. So Captain America is the, the first one. Actually, it doesn't reference Infinity Stones, though. We know now that the Tesseract was an Infinity, was an Infinity Stone. But I think the first mention of Infinity Stones isn't until Thor 2, when they go to bring the Collector. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's the first the time they use the phrase Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. But oh, in, okay. in Avengers 1, we see our first glimpse of Thanos in the after credit scene. What? Um, Is anyway, it when Loki that's... goes to Thanos? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, the people Loki had been talking with, the kind of creepy alien. Oh, yeah, the Skrills or whatever. Right, and they say to Thanos, this is getting a little ahead of ourselves, we noticed this this time, that he, it's, this is the very last oh, line. Oh, yeah, the very last line. line in of that, Avengers that, 1. Yeah. That the little alien guy says that, that uh, it's foolish to go up against the humans. To court them is to court death. <laughs> and then Thanos turns Thanos and smiles. smiles. Which there's that whole thing of that the Thanos storyline in the comics is that he is courting Lady Death. Oh, yeah. So mm, to so us, good. it seems that they definitely were planning on using that plot back then. That line just sort of stands out that to court, to court, to, to fight the humans is to court death. And, and court. It, it wasn't like a. Oh yeah, this is a great challenge. It was like Thor turns and like lights uh, up not like Thor. Thanos. I'm sorry. He lights up. I like don't a know Christmas names. Because <laughs> he's probably thinking to himself, I've been yeah. doing that this whole time, so it ain't yeah. new to me. Yeah, like that sounds great. Let's do that. Let's, Let's do go that. to there. <laughs> um, so the Avengers. Um, do you guys have anything about the first Avengers movie? I was just out? like, I was, you know, reading about it. I was like, oh, yeah, Hawkeye used to be part of the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> he's like, he he's like, well, he, he was in retirement, out of retirement, in retirement, out of retirement, now back in retirement, I think. Well, apparently, it seems that his whole family was taken via the Thanos snap. Based oh, on the trailer. Based on the trailer. Damn. So he's out of retirement, then. Yeah, yeah, and he he's... has a he has a mohawk. Yeah, he... and mm. it's interesting. So clearly, his family died. You hope he has that a doubles too. as a quiver or something. I'll, I'll tell oh. you, Hawkeye <laughs> in the comments. I don't know if if, if y'all are, any of y'all are aware of this, but uh, he ends up going blind. Whoa! That seems yeah. like uh, uh, not good in his line of work. Except no. that he still got it. He's Daredevil. <laughs> Daredevil. Um, but no, he, he his his story is pretty tragic in the comics. Like it, it's crazy, um, and I've only like been introduced to part of his story through Old Man Logan. Yeah, the comic that's right. Book. The comic mm-hmm. book. I mean, there's a lot in the Avengers movie about like Loki talks about that what's coming to bring them is freedom from freedom. Um, that basically we actually crave subjugation humans do oh, yeah. um which i didn't really remember that until we rewatched it that that was part of what he was saying um and it's just kind of interesting how i think every major avengers movie every villain was claiming to be bringing sort of 
a salvation of sorts mm-hmm. you know a heresy. a heresy yeah like that that loki was bringing subjugation like that that we would be happier without our own freedom that mm-hmm. ultron i think it was what protection was it exactly from ourselves. protection from ourselves that like that we're I don't know what what exactly because we haven't rewatched it. Like basically yet. that we were gonna bring about our own demise. So better to go ahead so and get it over ahead. with, get it get it done. Um, and then Thanos, of course, like overpopulation that like we're better off. Um, so of the three, really, Loki is the most kind of mellow. Sounds like <laughs> it kind of has a it has a certain hint of manichaeism that. Um, you know, which is a, a dualistic heresy that spirit good, flesh bad. Mm-hmm. So kill yourself to free your spirit from the flesh, and uh, you know you'll be happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And with Loki, kind of, I don't know. It's hard to say because he doesn't define what freedom is in his. You know, it seems like essentially it's a lack of choice. It's like slavery to Loki. Right, and he says that man, our natural state is on our knees, and man does find a certain amount of happiness kneeling before God, reverencing that which is greater, but our dignity made in his image also allows us to stand, you know, and that's the thing with being Catholic, is it's like, yes, this, but also this, you know, and um, and then who shows up but Captain America, who, by contemporary standards, kind of like Christians, lives his life within rather strict norms and standards and yet he claims to stand and to be on the side of freedom and that's such a catholic concept you know that that he stands for freedom for excellence not a freedom that that frees us from any and all boundaries or guidelines but a freedom for what's good um so yeah a lot of us were still striving through that exodus to reach the promised land to reach true, true freedom. freedom right and that loki is basically like because we're i mean really he just wants to rule he really doesn't care about whether we have self-fulfillment or not you know but um but just the fact that he's claiming that somehow by taking our freedom we'll find fulfillment um is just kind of interesting in that like obviously as christians we're like well no like freedom is a good thing but within these like parameters, well, which Freedom one for was excellence. which one was in the uh, tesseract again? That wasn't the soul stone, was it? No, because that one's tesseract orange. Tesseract end ends up being the mind. Oh, that makes no. Is it because no, vision no, no, is no, the no. mind stone? Vision is the mind stone. Oh, okay. Don't they take the mind um, stone from? Oh, <gasps> you're right. It's inside the tesseract. But he may have crushed the stone in the staff. Oh, was Ooh. it the stone in the scepter? I think it was the stone and the staff. That's why I said yeah. it was either the stone and the staff or it was the stone inside the Tesseract. Yeah, because Thanos gets the Tesseract yeah. from Loki. So wait, it says Loki's scepter vi- slash vision is the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that okay, what y'all were bad. saying? Yeah. I just knew something got crushed. Yeah. That was a well, different color. Because it, right. it is blue in his staff still. Um, mm-hmm. But then they crush it, and it, it reveals the yellow yeah, stone. Yeah, it's the Chitari scepter. Um, You're right. The Tesseract. Oh, it's yes, a space stone. And which that is makes sense. the portals. Well, yeah, yeah. that also explains why with the scepter he was able to control their minds, control their minds in, in Avengers 1. Which, you know? Yeah. 
You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah like uh, Hawkeye so, uh, gets controlled. Hawkeye yeah. And yeah. Now, here's here's something interesting. In, in the comments, as Thanos is gathering the Infinity Stones, as we're going through the Infinity series, um, basically, none of the people realize the actual power of the stone. Uh, like the people that do have it. And the, the people that do have it are the, um, the, the immortals. A lot of the immortals have the stones. Um, and, and basically, uh, they don't realize like what their stone is actually in charge of, like what it actually does. It just makes things, it just helps them to do things that appeal to them. Uh, but they don't know the full extent of the power of the stone. So, is so it... Thanos uses the power of the stone to, like, of one stone to overcome the other, or to use that same stone to cause difficulties for the person who has the stone. So, is it just me, or is this a total rip from the One Ring? You know, where somebody finds yeah. it, they don't know what they have, that gives them incredibly long life. Um, certain powers like invisibility, but they don't really know how to how to wield it. <laughs> right. There's this thing of that Moana is extremely similar to Lord of the Rings. There's this stone that is is very powerful, like the ring. Her grandmother has had it all this time, and it's given her long life. They don't say that explicitly, but as soon as she hands it off to Moana, she dies. Um, and she has she to goes to it. the undying lands yeah. right. and through the gray haven. She the stone, she's like really full of life and energy. Like it's not. She doesn't just... have to sleep. Yeah. And, um, and then she has to restore it. Um, but we could talk about that sometime. That'll be fun. Except Colby doesn't like it. Oh, mine just ain't us. I just don't like Disney. So. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> hey, getting conflict free podcast. Well, just just to be clear, like it's not like I like Disney the company per se. So, you know? well, speaking on that, Ash and I date night last night, we watched Saving Mr. Banks finally. Oh, yeah, I've never seen that. And it was uh it was so good. I mean, even <laughs> though like PL Travers, oh, she had some issues um uh Walt Disney had his own issues, um, but it it really was a nice and even you know the actors themselves. But it it really was a good good movie, and yeah. I'm way more obsessed with Mary Poppins than any you know thirty five year old straight male ought to be. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, confession. Shut up a lot of things in your life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, wait. Have you seen the new Mary Poppins? I haven't yet, but I mean I've read the books. Gotcha. You know, cause... there are books. Oh yeah, I love that we've gone from Avengers <laughs> to Star Wars, Christian to Mary themes Poppins, and Avengers to Hindu themes and Mary Poppins. Yeah. on Disney. Oh no, because they own everything. It's <laughs> so true. They... they literally own everything. Yeah, they've got like the blue Crazy. properties, the green properties, the yellow properties. They get those. Monopoly. Oh, Monopoly, Monopoly. <laughs> I was like, is this like some code for? <laughs> Like Star Trek and Star Wars, and Ooh, I wonder if the Monopoly like this... properties correspond to Infinity Stone colors. There could oh, be like a Disney, there, or there could be a Disney Monopoly where you're acquiring like every franchise. Oh yeah, definitely. That would be great. I mean, if they buy Star Trek, like just yeah, just shut over. the front door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's about all the time we have. Uh, thank you for nerding out with us, the Catholic nerds. This is Scott Smith. 
Colby Allen. Mary Reed. And Cody Reed. Please do remember to subscribe to this podcast and share it with all your friends, Catholic or not. And, and leave, leave good reviews. Review. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> reviews and help so comments much. comments what you might want to nerd about. Yes, please. Please do that. Our email is provided in the, um, in the notes, uh, as well as Twitter and Facebook and all those sort, sorts of things. And remember, kids, whosoever holds this hammer, if he's not in a state of mortal sin, shall possess <laughs> the power of Thor. Good night. <laughs> That was a better one. That was fantastic. That was good. That was good. good. Uh, You you got approval. (laughs) That may be the one time. We we all laughed. So. Catholic nerdery. This is <laughs> this is Scott and Colby and Mary and Cody. So, guys, um, our topic for uh, our podcast. I keep wanting to not say tonight, but our podcast for tonight is uh, is the upcoming Avengers Endgame movie. Whoa, whoa. Uh, it's coming out. What do we say? April twenty sixth. And so, do one of y'all want to kind of give the outline of what we're going to be doing um, leading up to the release date? Sure. Um, Well, we've been rewatching the entire, um, I don't know, canon of of this (laughs) Marvel Cinematic Universe um, in chronological order. So, not release date order, but like Captain America first and then moving forward um, from there. So we were thinking that tonight to talk about all the movies leading up to and including the first Avengers movie um, and just some of the Catholic pro-life themes and, you know, whatever else is interesting from those movies. And then next time or or in the future, we're going to cover the movies leading up to number two and so on until we get up to Endgame with Easter. Which I think it's fun that it's coming out. I know they normally release them around that time, but that it's coming out at Easter time, and hopefully there will be some resurrection. That's what I'm talking about. There better be some <laughs> resurrection because half of everybody died. Yeah, but they well, got to come the, back. That's one of the theories with the new trailers. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw that or not, but one of the nerds on YouTube was saying a lot of the flashbacks 
may be referenced to instead of quantum realm travel, it may be time travel. Time travel, yeah. And, and that's that's what they were saying. Is it going to be Ant, uh, no Captain Marvel with time travel or Ant Man with quantum travel? Yep. Trying to figure out which is going to be. Which I thought it was interesting how the, that it appears in the trailer that so much time has passed. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed that that there's like weeds overgrowing houses and there's missing oh, really? posters cool. up yeah. and yeah. Scarlet Witch's hair has grown out it's from changed, the blonde. Right? Yeah. It's longer <laughs> and it's the blonde is at the ends and there's red hair on top of her head. They're just taking a nod from uh, Walking Dead going five years into the future. Right. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So I just that hadn't occurred to me that that much time would have passed that they're like trying to figure out what the heck to do, you know, to, yeah. to rectify this, you know. I just thought it was going to be kind of like, okay, mobilize, we fix this now. Assemble. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Basically. Which, if they come back to life, that'll add a new meaning to assembling, you know. So that's another no. podcast for another another day, right? If oh, we, cremation? We go back to, uh, no, we got to go back no. to Ash Wednesday. To from the dust you come, from the dust you shall return. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's what they did. Yeah. Anyway, so Captain America. What'd you guys think of Captain America? <laughs> uh, I love um, what's uh, Agent Smith's name? Elrond. Oh, Any, the the Red Hydra Skull. guy. Yeah. Yeah. You love the actor. Yeah. Anytime he's in a movie, I'm I'm in for it. <laughs> v for You're Vendetta. Yeah. No, now you mentioned that though. I do remember whenever he made an appearance in Hugo Weaving. Hugo bad. Weaving, yeah. When he made an appearance in um, Infinity War, everybody, yeah, you know, a lot of people were making a big deal, like, "Oh my gosh, it's Red Skull!" Like, you know, he's making his appearance. I'm like, no, he was in the first Captain America movie. Yep. Yeah. Like he's yeah. he's already made his appearance. Like he's part of the story oh, already. They didn't remember that. No, some people didn't. That's crazy. Well, because yeah. the his depiction was completely different also. It was. Oh, yeah, there's more yeah. red involved. <laughs> right. So in Captain America, I mean, he was a physical person. Right. Versus in the Finney War, he was more of his, like, actual, you know, kind of mystical floating self. Right. Which, is, that's part of what's really fun about watching the movies again in chronological order, too, is that when when he what we we thought he died i mean which he did die but like he got watching it again it's like you can kind of tell he's being teleported somewhere you know sure. um because there's like a almost it kind of almost looks like the thor thing except he kind of dissolves as he goes like a bifrost kind of thing sort of yeah that's what i'm that's what i meant by the the thor thing. <laughs> the, <laughs> the heimdall thing yeah yeah the bifrost because um, at the time we just assumed he sort of dissolved when he had his, you know, exit from that movie. But it kind of looks like uh, beaming up in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> is is that for my benefit since I'm Scotty? No. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kind of a Trekkie. I'm not. I'm Trekkies would disown me. I'm not enough of a Trekkie to to claim that. But yeah, I'm I'm much more the the Star Wars guy. Yeah, pretty much everyone else is. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange because, I mean, you had such a, a a down period with Star Wars stuff where really all you could read is, like, Dark Horse comics and the Expanded Universe stuff. And, you know, no movies, no TV series, and now it just came back strong. Yeah. Well, we got a number of video games and a few other things. 
Yeah, they're just and those are like flight simulator kind of video games. Well, I remember Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. I was actually about to say that. <laughs> so I was uh, uh, one of the pro life groups was posting um, uh, lists of all those companies that donate to Planned Parenthood. Right. So I tweeted um, that they would have to is complete nerd thing that. Um, it was let them live was the name of the the Twitter group, but um, they would have to add these companies to the list of most evil corporations in the universe, which would also include Zerka Corporation, the evil uh, corporation <laughs> from Knights of the Old Republic. Oh wow! Plus Oscorp, LexCorp, um, the Widmore Corporation from Lost, uh, Tyrell Corporation from Blade Runner, Umbrella Corp from Resident Evil. Uh, by and large, do y'all remember where that one's from? Is that wait, 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 wait? Okay, tell me. <laughs> wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> tell me, because I don't. Uh, wanna... That's from Wally. Okay, I was gonna say that. Oh, I know saying. no one will believe me I now. Would, yeah, I would have never guessed. <laughs> I, w- I was like, it's from Wally. And I was like, I'm gonna sound like a real idiot if that's wrong, so I'm just gonna keep it to myself. Because that's not real stuff. No, that, yeah, that definitely <laughs> I would have counts. Never guessed it. Um, Skynet. <laughs> you know. Skynet was. Oh wait a minute. <laughs> They'll okay. be back. It's yep. the Terminator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Soylent Corporation, which that's kind of a deep cut. At Soylent Green, um, the like famous line from that, it's such a pro-life thing, because he says, "Soylent Green is people," <laughs> mm-hmm. which is basically they're liquefying, you know, the people they don't want anymore and feeding it to the population. Oh, I've of, heard of that movie. Yeah. 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 I've heard of that movie. I haven't seen it. Well, because they have the company now. Really? That makes Soylent. Why would they do that? Which is, (laughs) no, listen, true story. There's a company called Soylent where they make a food replacement, um, like, drink. What What is wrong with these people? So they they have engineered, (laughs) no, seriously, they have engineered this, like, basically a meal replacement smoothie that Mm. you can live on this stuff. I bet you can. Because other people have died. <laughs> yeah. What um, the heck? Like, what were they thinking making that the name of the company? I don't know. Well, because yeah. I think the base of it is soy. Oh, I know. And so, sense. And you yes. drink it during Lent because it's such a terrible thing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> soy Lent. Oh. Yeah, Soy Lent is what it's called. And so there's one last, well, there, I think there's some others, but one last corporation on this list I'll mention. This is a very deep cut, and me being the oldest, probably one that'll get this, Yo-Yo Dine. It's from Buckaroo Banzai, and okay. the adventures of, you know, whatever dimension. But yeah, that's it was it was featured in uh, Ready Player One, so uh, somebody that's might why. be enjoying it. But anyway, sorry for that tangent. Well, so some of the stuff we noticed when we were watching Captain America, and also like kind of in um, symphony with the Iron Man movies, is that it it feels like Iron Man is kind of symbolic of humanity. Because like literally every Iron Man movie is about what a hot mess he is. You know? <laughs> like how he's just a total train wreck. Um, <laughs> Whereas Captain America is kind of, and of course, whenever we say this about any character, it's like, this is not 100%, this is not per- a perfect analogy, but he's kind of Christological, you know? like Oh, yeah. Or messianic, yeah. Yeah. And in his virtue and in his 
kind of that he's sort of this steady mark that doesn't really move. Right. You it, know, it, throughout the, throughout the movies, Captain America, his his character does not change. Mm-hmm. His physical appearance changes, but his personality doesn't, and yet he still grows. And he's still like dynamic. He's not yeah. like his movies are not boring. He's <laughs> not know, stale he's, or stagnant. Right. Right. Right, but it's not because he's giving in to vices. You know, it's um, that part of what makes him so... Um, what's the word? Like Beguiling. Uh, oh Chris, Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, Chris oh Evans, gosh. that's another word for it. Just Chris. <laughs> Just Chris in general, apparently. Christological. <laughs> that's so funny, because, okay, we were also talking about... That Thor, played by the other, well, one of the Hell other yeah. Chris's, yeah. Um, that in Hem- that Hemsworth. He, Hemsworth, yeah, he has some Christological aspects too, not to the same extent. And then in the first movie, he's sent to Earth to live mm-hmm. among the humans. Now, of course, mm-hmm. for him, it's to learn how to lay down his life and how to be selfless. So it's really not quite, you know what I mean. But it still seems to have some sort of Christian themes to and- it. Then the last Chris is 50% man, 50% God. OMG. Oh. Well, Jesus is 100%. 100%. I know. Jesus is 100%. 100%. That's true. Yeah. Chris Pratt. Yeah, I know. And and when he says I'm 50%, you know, uh, human and, and that 100%, what does he say? 100% of the part of me that's stupid is 100% human or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's all you. Yeah. But yeah, I, can, I always think, okay, yeah, not a hypostatic union, you know, <laughs> not that, which is the Arian heresy, right? That he, Arius believed that Jesus was a demigod, that he was like Hercules or, or Perseus. That he's fifty percent god, fifty percent right. human. But we know like he's, yeah, he's not. Jesus is not a Star Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he is the Lord of the stars. <laughs> oh, Ooh. he is a hundred percent man, hundred percent human. That would be Whoops. an interesting God. podcast. Is that we were more paying attention to like the Catholic, Christian, pro-life themes, but to maybe watch all the Marvel movies and be like, where are all the heresies? Yeah. <laughs> all the hidden, subtle, seductive heresies. But but it's it's fun that in the heresies, they they also like they present the heresies a lot of times as as not necessarily a good thing. Like Chris Pratt's character is not. A virtuous character, mm-hmm. you know, and like he has difficulty being the son of a planet-sized exactly. ego. Yeah, <laughs> what's funny? So, do y'all keep up with Chris Pratt on Instagram? No. no. Uh-uh. So you know he got a ton of criticism after Infinity War, right? Yes. No. Uh-uh. Yes. Because of his actions. Because of his character's because actions. His character's oh, actions. Yeah, man, so that was, made me angry. <laughs> so when the new the new trailer was released a couple of days ago, he uh he put on Instagram as a leader of the Guardians and as a leader of the Guardians allowed me to thank our amazing fans. Um go will you go and watch the opening weekend? Please comment below and feel free to share your thoughts about Star Lord's actions in the last movie. I'm not <laughs> sure how you feel about me hitting Thanos. <laughs> and I'm like the sarcasm he puts in there. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you you killed Spider Man. Yeah. He's jerk. like, I haven't I haven't heard about it enough. So why don't you tell me some more? <laughs> Good. Well, Take one for the team. But do you know what we're talking about, Scott? Or no? Oh yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. they almost had the gauntlet off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. spoiler alert. What? What? If you haven't seen this movie by now, then you're probably not listening. You're not to this probably podcast. listening to this. <laughs> but it was crazy because 
I'm pretty sure after that, he did get like a ton of negative stuff on Twitter and Instagram of people like, what the hell were you thinking, man? And he's like, it's not me. Like, it's the I character. Right. <laughs> right. That being the heresy of neo-gnosticism, that you cannot tell the difference between reality and fiction. There you go. Yeah. Well, um, so it's interesting that you bring that up because we were talking about how, okay, so that action of his character certainly we're was. Movie well, I know, but let me just let me, <laughs> this is gonna take us back. This is gonna take us back okay. to. Take us back. Take us actually, back, no, though. it's gonna stay in the same movie. But nope. be that as it may, it's all coming back. That that his action, his character's action in that movie, certainly was not good and caused half of all living beings to perish. You know. Yeah, thanks. Um, the other action that a lot of people were critiquing on Facebook and on social media was. Uh, Steve Rogers when Vision says um, you guys should just sacrifice me and then we'll be good you know <laughs> like and Steve Rogers says we don't trade lives is that the the phrase yeah, oh, yeah. we yeah we talked about that in a yeah. past episode right mm-hmm. and um basically that people went nuts and were like you know he was willing to let half of everyone die for the sake of not killing Vision and that when we were watching the first Captain America movie, he he sacrifices himself by crashing the plane that he's in because it has all these bombs and that if he doesn't crash it, it's going to blow up a bunch of American cities. And he sacrifices himself and he says, this is my choice. Right. Um, and so a few things. Number one, the use of the word choice, both the choice he's making is not to take another life, but to sacrifice his own. And secondly, the fact that Basically, that our culture has so lost sight of the fact that just because the end result is the same doesn't mean that the means are both are okay of two different actions. Like the thing of, oh, abortion's okay because miscarriages happen. Both cases, you end up with a dead baby, but in one case, there's a direct action. In one case, it happens on its own. They're not the same. Though the fact that, like, he was willing to sacrifice himself by grounding the plane and a side result like double effect would be him dying he wasn't shooting himself in the head to save a bunch of other people he was doing something else that as a side effect he died right. or he thought he was going to die then, which right. he didn't commit also, suicide he died right. in the process of right right, right. Yeah. and it double was also effect. presented to us as like this is his only option Right. He, like, there is no other option. Although now we know that he can jump out of planes and live. So, you know, <laughs> there's kind of, yeah. But, but yeah, there was no other option. Whereas with the vision thing, it was like, hey, let's preemptively, not knowing if we don't have any other option, kill you directly to save everyone else. And Steve Rogers says, no, we're not doing that. You know, like that, that really is a very Catholic morality <laughs> when you come oh, right yeah. down to it. And, and I think it's Catholic because it seems so natural to draw the plot lines that way or for the characters to um, form up in that way because it says a lot about just natural law and natural philosophy. Yeah. And I think it's also more than just... Because when Cody and I were talking about it, we were like, so A, he's willing to sacrifice himself. He's not willing to sacrifice somebody else. But I think it's also more than that. It's the action, you know? That, like, Vision saying, I don't know, you know, destroy me. Like, not shoot him in the head. Like, shoot him in the head with, uh, what's her name's, what's her name? Scarlet Witch. Oh, shoot. I called, I called Black Widow. Is that her name, Black Widow? Scarlet Witch. Witch. I called her Scarlet Witch earlier. 
so my bad but but yeah like that he he's suggesting that they essentially shoot him in the head and that, oh, that, that is so that makes sense different <laughs> yeah i'm just noticing yeah that her name is scarlet johansson yeah. <laughs> i see why you would I call her scarlet yeah. Yeah. well and she has red hair 90 percent of the time oh yeah you know and elizabeth's just another olsen twin right right she, well, no, no she's no. a younger sister she's not a twin yeah no i yeah Captain America also uh, one of the things that kind of stood out uh, when when we kind of were first introduced to Red Skull uh, was when he was uh, looking for oh, the yeah. Tesseract, right? Or, or was it, were they calling it the Tesseract? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and he was in this city and he had this huge friggin' tank, right? Um, but when he walks up to where he felt the Tesseract was, like you see it kind of in... It was a wooden sculpture, it was a wooden sculpture of, of Idrisil. Which is a tree. Yeah, the, right. the tree, yeah, the life tree, right? The life right. tree. And he right. kind of plucks the Tesseract. Or was it behind a snake, I think? It was behind, mm. it, it was, it, it felt very Genesis. You know? Yeah. Uh, like he plucked like the, the fruit. fruit from the tree. It was like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Not that we have much else to go with that, but just that oh it was my like. Goodness. Yeah, my mind's exploding. Felt, I know. <laughs> I know, right? I know, we're just like, look at all the Christian stuff everywhere. I mean, in the midst of all this Nordic mythology, which, weren't you going to say something, Scott, about... So sit back, because I've got like a half an hour of... <laughs> worth of, of um, so yeah, if you Google Thor Jesus, um, my blog post on this is going to... It's like the number one search return. Um, and I, I love this connection. So basically... Um, Let's just go back to Genesis 3.15, which is the Proto-Evangelium, my favorite verse in the whole Bible. It's the Proto for first, Evangelium for gospel. So it's the first gospel. Um, I'll just read it real fast. Um, I will put enmity between the serpent and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and the serpent shall bruise his heel. Okay, so let me go over that again. I will put enmity between the serpent and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, and the serpent shall bruise his heel. So this is what um, God says to um, Eve, uh, and really Adam and Eve, right after the fall. And it's a prophecy of the entire gospel, like you know, thousands and thousands of years before any of the events of the gospel happen. Um, I, I won't go into it here, but... Uh, enmity between the, the serpent and the woman, the woman to come, the new Eve. That's a prophecy of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, her seed, and not having no seed of man there, is purely her seed, the child of the woman to come. That's a prophecy of the virgin birth. And um, that part about he shall bruise your head, the child of the Immaculate Conception will bruise the head of the serpent, like he'll crush it, the serpent's head with his heel. Uh, and the serpent, though, will bruise the Messiah, Messiah's heel. So the serpent will strike his heel. And that was taken as a prophecy of the passion and death of Christ, that he would conquer Satan, but in doing so would receive a fatal blow. Um, the serpent would strike his heel. Okay, so there's a billion things that could be said about that. But with respect to Norse mythology in particular... 